What's going on, everybody? Welcome and welcome back. This is Real Reality Realness with Sean Ellis Rogers, the podcast where I, your host, Sean, dives deeper into reality television than most people watching feel is necessary and asks all the questions about what they don't want out. Today, we're diving into the real reality of Bravo Liberties. I have the creator of the Bravo Leb Quotes Instagram page joining me on the podcast today to credit Nene Leaks for making Housewives one of the foundations of meme and gift culture. We show some well-deserved love to Married to Medicine and discuss the show being underrated, as well as some of the ladies' contribution to the show this season and overall. We played this or that and also discuss being people of color and how that played into our approach to the fan base. Lock in while I clock in, because we are about to get into it. so great to have you on the show today how are you feeling <laughs> what's going on um good it's my first ever podcast so i'm nervous i was, made sure I, I got a mic and so my sound would be good i didn't want to mess up because you have a very nice sounding podcast and i didn't want to be the one to ruin it so, so I made what sure, i made sure i got I was like i need the equipment i always go i go overboard so just have to, <laughs> let me try i got That's everything I was about to say, you did not have to get equipment for me. I don't even have a mic. I'm doing all of this on my phone. Like, Really? It sounds really yes. good. I was like, oh, this sounds good. And there's like the music in the back. I was like, I, I need to get it together. So I just <laughs> ordered some equipment. I could have probably just borrowed a friend that does a podcast equipment, but I went ahead and got my own. So I'm good. <laughs> Well, now you have to start a show. Like now, I have to like put the work. Now I have to put the equipment to use. Like now, we have to have right? a reason for it. Oh, thank you Maybe so I'm much manifesting for manifesting doing other other shows in the future. So, yes, we have to have that happen now. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Of course. Now, let's dive in, shall we? When did you fall in love with reality TV? I, I, I fell in love with it. Probably, I would, I would say, Real Housewives of Atlanta. So, in mm-hmm. my previous life, in my twenties, I actually worked in reality TV for a little bit. I did. Um, I worked in the post production side um, that did American Idol, So You Think You Can Dance, um, and some other shows. It was. I worked at a um, little boutique editing company called Chainsaw, and. Um, in Los Angeles. So that was my first exposure to reality TV, but I think I fell in love with like the world that they build and the characters when I started watching Housewives. Tell me about your time working in reality TV. What what all did you do? I well I started off as a receptionist for the company and then got moved up to a post-production coordinator. So really I just I worked with the editors and directors. 
in the booth. I was rarely on set for any of the projects I worked for. I think I went over to the studios at American Idol a couple times, but they um, they usually kept the post-production people and the production people separate because, um, you know, when it came time for the results, the post-production people knew the results first because we had to edit the package. So we knew who was gonna leave. So they made sure to keep us um, separated from each other so that nobody could find out or out early. But um, and then I did the, I think the biggest project I worked on was I was post-production coordinator for three years on the Academy Award. So that was actually a lot of fun to do. Wow. So tell me, what's the difference like when it goes to, it goes into working post-production for something like the American Idol versus the, versus the, the Academy Award? Um, so for... Uh, for both of them they're not not too dissimilar so what what we would do is anything that's not live so the first half of American Idol before they go to Hollywood and they start singing live and now you're voting that type Mm -hmm. of thing we got all that footage for like the auditions and stuff and we we would cut that up and edit what you see on TV and then for the same kind of same thing for Academy Awards anything that wasn't those packages of the films that they show the clips or you know or whoever's nominated we would edit those together so we would get um usually it actually came in with like a guard and someone watching all the tapes but we get the the all everything that was nominated from all the studios we had all the videos and then we with the director of the show would work with um how they wanted those packages cut down so you could see the clip before announcing the winner so it was really it was just anything that wasn't live we had something to do it so nice yeah. now were you were working on now, when you were working on shows like American Idol, was there like, were, were there like, how am I trying to word this? <laughs> Did they kind of show you who they wanted to pitch a story around in the beginning when you were doing the editing for the for the auditions and stuff? Like, like, like were there like early people in the seasons that they were like, oh, focus on this person in the editing or like focus on that person? Yes, yeah, the producer with the editor and the director of, you know, whatever episode, I I wasn't in those the booths too often, but yes, that's what they would sit together and do and develop the stories, like, we want this person's backstory, or, you know, they think this person has something, or, or you know, you know, with American Idol, sometimes it's the worst people, they want their, their backstory, and then, like, they kind of do that big build-up where you think it's going to be this amazing audition, and it's really not, so they, I mean, so they knew going in after they went to, um, you know, around the country or whatever they held the auditions who mm-hmm. around then who they would want. Cause by the time they got there, we would have tiny headshots of everyone who would audition. So that's how we knew, <laughs> you know, how to, how to match people up and who they, who they wanted. But yeah, that's, that's what they did. They built those stories in the, in post. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Now what, now what's the moment, the episode or the, or the season that you knew that you had to create content about Bravo specifically? I I feel like probably everyone says it, but it's really Nene Leaks. Like she just because <laughs> my account is specifically about quotes and I, I don't I've always I've always loved quotes, like even from my favorite writers or whatever. I just I just keep a collection of them and then I would find myself just repeating housewife quotes like that all the time. You know, to people and they were like, What are you what are you talking about? My sister and I still parrot them back and forth to each other. And it drives my mom crazy because we can just talk in housewife coach. She's like, You guys aren't making any sense. But <laughs> um, but it was Nene. Like I feel like she had the best ones and that's when I started writing them down and just keeping a collection of them. And then I was, you know, there was all these other Bravo accounts and I was like, Well, you know, maybe I'll just start posting them with um with the photos and I think when did I start it? Maybe like 
probably during my boredom of 2020 when a lot of people <laughs> started new projects um i think that's that's when i started it and then last year i kind of developed it into a little more so for black history month i made i did a 30-day trivia quiz um that was for that covered atlanta potomac and married to medicine so each day i would like put out a new trivia question and that was kind of fun and people got involved with that so really now i'll either um recycles old quotes of some of my favorites and favorite housewives or as i'm watching the show i'll you know take notes of them as they say them something that i like and just post that in real time as the show's airing but very nice what's yeah. your favorite nene leaks quote oh my gosh i can't think of um what's that one Oh, I mean, well, right now, the one I probably say the most is the, um, now why am I in it? You see how <laughs> I haven't even did nothing. Like, that's, that's my favorite. I use that one all the time in everyday life. <laughs> so. I love that. That is a great one. <laughs> it is. It's a fun one. Now, I, uh, oh, sorry. As a woman of color, do you feel seen, considered, and protected by the network and the production company that creates these shows? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, I I guess I, I never really thought about it, and I thought I did, and it wasn't until um, really social media and seeing other people's perspectives. Like, you know, I'm, I'm watching the show and enjoying it. And then you hear like what's going on in the background or you'll read something, um, even like little micro versions that I won't, I won't pick up on even right away just because some of the shows move so fast. And now that I read it and then I rewatch all these, all these shows all the time. Um, I'm like, wow, there, there's a lot of stuff that just slides in there that I think, you know, you kind of don't notice until someone else calls it out. And so at first, with the whole Nini thing, I was like, well, is she just exaggerating, being dramatic? And then I started thinking about it. I was like, maybe she had a point about some stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my early content, when I started my YouTube channel that led into this podcast, was about um, the complexities and nuances around the culture that, that mm-hmm. reality TV has created and you know I found myself kind of digging into these kind of nuanced com- these kind of nuanced co- conversations about racism microaggressions social awareness these types of things as they penetrated reality TV and that kind of became like my niche or my niche I'm not exactly sure how that's pronounced when it comes to content and you know it it, I, it just really led me to want to have deeper conversations because as I started having these mixed conversations with fellow people who watched Bravo on like panels on YouTube or like in the comments in the social media sphere I found that like not a lot of people were like actually having these conversations or willing to speak up about like hey did you notice like that was an issue did you know like has anybody thought about this why aren't people asking these questions and it just made me realize like Bravo shows are really curated through a Caucasian lens and they don't necessarily think about how people of color watching these shows could interpret what we're seeing all of the time. Uh, yeah, you know what you're, yeah, that's, 
that's a that's a really good point i think i feel like they're starting to maybe pick up on it more now and you kind of see it in beverly hills it just seems like more stuff is getting called out mm -hmm. um but i but i think you're right it's kind of like um especially with atlanta it be it, it was such a superstar but it kind of I think it, it said it wanted to show a new version of black women and mm -hmm. you know I, I guess it kind of did but at this at the same time we we're supposed to still be the funny sassy little one-liner shade like that's what's expected you know right from that from that group and and not as much from the others although it seems like now everybody wants to be like that <laughs> like Atlanta seems like all the other shows are trying to um, have that Nene Leakes moment so. Yeah, it seems like each franchise is trying to become this amalgamation of the opulence of Beverly Hills and the sass of Atlanta. Exactly, yeah. And I just, I don't like that because I thought the purpose of Housewives and going to these random ass cities that people can't find on a map like Potomac <laughs> was that we were, that was that we were looking for the unique the, the unique perspectives and the unique types of people that were in these random ass towns around the country. Mm -hmm. And it's like, now it's like, now we're trying to find this town's version of previous housewives. And I'm like, but that's not. No. I, I, com I completely, I completely agree with you. It's not, I, I don't think they're really that authentic anymore because everybody wants to be that big person. I think you had with OC, New York, Atlanta, and I would even say Jersey, they still, they all have their own flavor. And then everybody mm -hmm. after that just kind of mimicked, I guess, I because by then the rest of the, um, when they introduced new cities, they were probably already fans of one of these franchises. So they yep. had someone that they maybe kind of wanted to emulate and be like, well, this got good ratings when this show did this. And so everybody learned that the sassy thing was the way to go. And if you're not going to do that, then you got to you know maybe yell or be get you know go from zero to 100 like Teresa really quick you know something like that but everybody had has a, a thing that they were trying to copy versus just being true to what that city is like and I think that's like you said that's what we wanted to see and learn so your point about that do you prefer old housewives or new housewives and what I mean by that is, do you prefer Housewives before Real Housewives of Beverly Hills existed or Real Housewives after Beverly Hills existed? Because to your point, like the cities you named specifically, OC, Jersey, Atlanta, New York, I feel like all of those seasons started before Beverly Hills existed. And, and, and like you were saying, they were the individual seasons. Like, like they would, they all had their own individual thing that made them unique from the other cities, right? Mm -hmm. And also, they were all women who may have been upper middle class, but they weren't necessarily opulently wealthy. Like, they weren't all driving Rolls Royces and wearing Louboutins and buying ten thousand dollar Rolexes on a Tuesday. Like, it was not that. Like, they may have had maybe one Rolex and drove like an Escalade. Like, but it wasn't mm -hmm. like super rich, rich. <laughs> right. But then Beverly, um, but then Beverly Hills came, and I felt like it changed the archetype of mm -hmm. what Housewives was. And every housewife after Beverly Hills came came in trying to be that super rich, wealthy, automatically I have it all type of housewife. And it's like 
some of y'all just ain't got it like that though <laughs> well the, the, it's so true and i think i think the rest of so to answer your first question i prefer pre beverly hills because beverly hills did change the game and i think a lot of that was in response to fans because they're like see this is real wealth and all these other and i felt like some of the fans were kind of putting down the previous housewife because even new york now it's expensive to live in new york and i don't know if people thought about that like they're, they're right. like those those condos and apartments they're living in they yeah they look smaller compared to those beverly hills houses but those are pretty expensive for that amount of space so and but a lot of those women kind of either like like a ramona worked their way up or they married rich so their, their stories were a, you know a little different but like you said uh, Beverly Hills came out of the gate with the flashy cars and jewels because even New York still wasn't showing it off like that they were more right. about um, their hustle and the hustle and bustle of New York and doing their thing and they're the independent women type of thing and um, yeah I agree Beverly Hills kind of uh, changed the game and then it became like this and I like it with the fans response of this is this is real wealth nobody else is doing it like this and and I think that's kind of helped Beverly Hills become one of the favorites mm-hmm. and then everybody beyond that and even some of the old ones especially I noticed it in Atlanta probably the most maybe in OC just with, especially with the Heather Dubrow um influx of wealth that came <laughs> um, I, they all felt like they did, needed to rise up to meet that because if you think about it those first few seasons of Atlanta they weren't talking about all the clothes they, it just really wasn't the discussion of um, I'm where this designer better than you and you don't like they literally will argue about designer clothes and who's is real who's is better who's is it, 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 it was bizarre at, at some point so and I think even they needed to change and then everyone's like who it became the who's the highest paid housewife who makes the most money everyone wanted to see who's worth what where it really didn't start off like that mm-hmm you know, I don't understand why or how it focused on that, but you but you presented a perspective that I hadn't considered before when you said that the fan base kind of started doubting the previous housewives and saying, Oh, this is real money. This is what this is what we really came to see. And I didn't ne- I never thought about it like that. But I guess in presenting that, I guess I didn't think that point all the way through of like every housewife after that tried to come and present like, oh, we already have all the money in the world. And I guess to your point, it is because of the fans response to Beverly Hills and seeing like, oh, these women are like rich, rich, like it's so interesting Mm -hmm. now. Did you have any apprehension as a woman of color focusing your content on a predominantly white and more than occasionally racist fan base like Housewives? You know, I didn't. I Maybe I should have, but I just started off with, um, you know, it was just something that I love. Um, so I was just really thinking of like entertaining myself, I guess. But um, but I, I mean, I guess I thought about it a little because I made sure I was like, I really want to do something special for the the Black Housewives and Black shows on Bravo, which is why I did that whole Black History Month. And I saw a few people in my comments saying, oh, this is a neat idea because you don't really um, see as much discussion in those, at least, you know, the um, the accounts and stuff I, I follow on social media. It's just not... You know, like you said, it's not the the biggest fan base, but um, yeah, it's probably something I should have thought of. But I'm just by nature a nerd about certain things. I know you, I don't mm-hmm. see what's behind me, but my Game of Thrones pictures, my I love <laughs> like, it. I, I, I'm I, living I, like work. <laughs> yeah, so it's like Game of Thrones, Marvel, Harry Potter. I nerd out about all those things, and then Bravo is another one of my nerd obsessions. So that's really all that was the thought behind it. Was yeah. 
I love that. <laughs> What's your ultimate goal as a content creator? Um, I don't, I don't know. At, at first, it was ooh, maybe if I um, get enough followers, Bravo will notice me, and I can get to go to Bravo. <laughs> like, that, <laughs> that was the beginning of it, and then um, I've actually talked to some of my friends because we really wish we had gone the, uh, this year. So we we vowed no matter what, we're going, we're going next year. But like it was right. that first year, Ocon came out. I was like, ooh, maybe one day I'll work up to get invited to something, and that that really was the goal. It wasn't anything more than that. So. <laughs> I absolutely love that. That is hilarious. <laughs> what defines an unpopular opinion for you? Hmm. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think. I mean, I guess it's one that that you know is going to get under people's skin. And and Bravo itself, everything about it is so polarizing. You know, each each person, there's something to like true. and dislike about everyone. I guess if each um, each person on the network, if you break it down enough, but um, but like when, like it seems like for example, this season of Beverly Hills, it was very anti-Rena and for good reasons, <laughs> but um, you know, reasons that made sense. But I noticed by anyone who was pro-Rena and Erica, that was like unpopular. Like they would just get ripped to shreds for saying anything nice about them <laughs> on social media. So it's like either stay quiet or at least have something negative to say about them. So, and it, and, and, yeah. and the flops each season. Everybody has the season where they're edited as the villain at some point, or a bad season, as they call it, so. That's very true. Mm -hmm. Based on your own definition, what's been your most unpopular opinion? Hmm. I feel like I just had one recently. <laughs> she said, I just posted my unpopular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like I just posted one, um, I, you know, I don't know how unpopular it was. I thought it was going to be unpopular. Um, I, cause I don't know. Are you watching Winter House? I have not seen Winter House. Okay. But I, well, but I'm hearing things. Okay. So, you know, the whole, there's the new girl Jess situation. Mm -hmm. And there was this situation with her and Luke. And I thought when I went to, you know, tweet something about it, it was going to be unpopular. But I was surprised how many people felt the same way I did. And I was just like, why? I, I just, I was frustrated with her because I was like, why couldn't you just speak up and tell him to leave you alone or to stop? To, I mean, I just felt like it wasn't communicated to him that you had changed your mind. But then she was so upset and felt like, and she even says the line, my body language was very clear, which kind of drives me crazy because I'm someone, I don't know if it's, you know, part of my just awkward nerdiness. I don't really pick up on body language of people I don't know right away. I have to learn it. Right. So it's not something everybody can can do. And I understand you're you're frustrated, but even when one of the other girls noticed it and said, would you like me to talk to him? And she's closer looking. And she said, no, I mean, you could have taken that opportunity if you were nervous about it. I just felt like at some point it should have been communicated to him rather than make him look like a predator when I don't think that was, and clearly wasn't his intent because as soon as he knew, he's backed off completely. And so that, yeah, was, like, and I, that was going to be unpopular and it was going to be was like, oh, women are going to hate me. for feel And I couldn't, I was surprised how many women were like, yeah, she should have just said something to someone. Yeah. Yeah, because I look at it like if you're going to be that vocal about being upset about the situation, then why can't you put that much energy into communicating that this that this that the situation is an issue before it becomes an issue? Do you get what I'm saying? 
Yeah, because I was like, you told them that you that you wanted him, and for someone like me who maybe can't doesn't pick up on social cues or um, body language really well, all he's going off is the last thing you told him, which was I'm into you. He hasn't heard anything right. new yet, so either let one of your friends, one of the other people, tell him if you're worried about it, breaking it to him gently, or or you say it, but don't go like two days and then yell at him saying my body language was clear because that doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. That's basically saying read my mind. Yeah, that's how that's how I took it. And there were some women who argued with me, like, no, women, that's not her responsibility. I was like, well, then who else's responsibility is it? It's who else's responsibility is? <laughs> who else should care as much as her? Just to say no. Like, <laughs> yeah. who else is going like, to say no for her? What you mean it's not her responsibility <laughs> to say no? What do you mean? Someone actually, someone actually said that to me and I said, I can't, I'm not, I can't blame anyone else. It's like, I'm in charge of, of me. And when I feel uncomfortable speaking up and someone actually said that, why should that be her responsibility? He should know. I was like, I assume no one else cares about me as much as I do. So why wouldn't I speak up for myself? Like, that's Thank you. <laughs> like, you're supposed to be your biggest advocate and you're supposed yeah. to like you're supposed to maneuver through the world like nobody is going to understand but you like at the end of the day they don't know you people yeah, are not a monolith so not everybody is going to operate under the same belief system in the first place like that doesn't right. even make any sense right yeah that's what i was saying they're like you oh, know you know and I, I was shocked how many people did say you know well but the body language is clear i was like okay to you but i can't it ta i have to i know people in my life's body language because i learned it but somebody off the street, I'm not gonna know what your facial expression necessarily means or you holding, you're standing a certain way. I'm just not gonna pick up on it right away. So. Right, like I just don't <laughs> freaking know you. Like God bless you, <laughs> but I just don't know you. Yeah, so that was probably my no. most recent unpopular opinion, I guess, that, that actually people were arguing with me about in, on social. Hmm. Now, how many of those do you have where, like, you think it's going to be unpopular and then all of a sudden, like, everyone is like, oh, yeah, I completely feel that way versus you post something that you think is going to be normal and then everyone's like, what the hell is your problem? <laughs> um, it's it's probably more I'm surprised how many uh, how many other people see it the way I do. Cause I do, uh, I do feel like I'm, um, especially when it comes to like, like an issue like that with, with women's issues, I think I'm a little more, I'm not one of those girls that's just, and I, I guess this is bad to say, but just automatically going to take the woman's side. I'm actually going to look at what has happened and be like, okay, could, is there a way that we can, I mean, like in that situation, can you take any responsibility for the part you played in this miscommunication? Was it a miscommunication or was it just flat out and some there's some times that it really is it's it's flat out right and wrong but i, right. I feel like especially on these types of shows there's a lot of nuance and i feel like people just want to immediately go to a black and white perspective of things so Speaking. it is it is nice to see that more people are kind of seeing the yeah but i could see how it looked this way or how it looked that way so i i like that i'm seeing that more on social media it used to be just straight up fights i'm right you're wrong type of thing very that and speaking of like black or white and like lacks of gray areas that does make me want to ask you to you mm -hmm. your opinion what is the difference between a controversial reality star and a problematic reality star I think um the difference is I think I guess I think it's problematic when it actually starts um getting in anywhere into like like a like a stereotype or a um 
a comment comments and stuff like that could be anything against like you know race religion gender stuff like that because controversial i guess is like uh, maybe you have a different opinion on something but i don't know how to how to explain it um i can think of examples like um so sure. my my personal my personal favorite real housewife show of all time is uh old school Roni before that last season where it got a little yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I believe to me, I feel like and, and while she has said some controversial I'm sorry, problematic things, I think Ramona's more controversial. I think she's just someone who just sees things differently and she is in her own bubble. I don't think she's actually trying to cause an issue most of the time or or really hurt someone or make them feel less than I just I just don't think she knows any better. Um Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. There, I mean, there's, there's something wrong there, but I don't, I don't think there's really, there's malice. Whereas I feel like sometimes with, with Dorena, there was like almost malice behind it. Like, like, uh, like the final episode of this past season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, where mm. Garcelle is asking her questions and she's clearly, her and Erica have been caught and now they're just trying to, you know, weasel their way out of it. And she just turns and says, I sense an attitude with you, Garcelle. Like, she knew what that dig meant. She knew Whoa. she was trying to try, I, I feel like, I feel like she knew she was trying to do the hint at the angry black woman thing you know what absolutely I mean? that's exactly what i would have took from that now mind you i haven't been watching because after a certain oh, okay. point i just checked out so i never oh, watched that, that final comment. episode <laughs> but hearing you say that that's exactly what i would have taken from it like oh so what you trying to put like so what are you trying to say what are you yeah. trying to say because i think the question that garcelle that let asked that led up to it was Lisa, if you think that this issue is between Kyle and Kathy, then just let it go and let it be between them. And she goes, why is there, I sense an attitude with you, Garcelle. Why is there an attitude? Like she, there was an attitude. What does that have to do with the question that I asked you, Lisa? Right. So I think, I feel like Lisa knows what she's doing. Whereas, and I hate, and I hate to be a black woman who defends Ramona because Ramona is awful sometimes. <laughs> she truly is. <laughs> but I just feel like, like, I want to say seven times out of 10, she has no idea what she has said or what she is saying. She really thinks she's just part of the conversation or she's just trying to, she's just more self-centered and she's trying to make it about her. She's not trying to actively flip something around and take a dig at someone, I don't think. So... Well, I will respond to that in two parts. Okay. <laughs> one, you are the first black woman who has ever come on this show and <laughs> and and defended Ramona Singer. You are. I, that I is a I certified record. <laughs> but, however, the second part of that is I didn't disagree with anything you said. I completely agreed with you, though. Hmm. Like, I don't think she's intentionally... Um, contributing to the conversations in the way that she's contributing but however I don't feel like she is as receptive to being made aware of how she comes off that's true that's very true <laughs> and that's where the line gets crossed for me it's like I can understand if you just don't know no damn better but however when somebody tells you and you're not receptive 
that's when it mm-hmm. becomes an issue for me. You know what? You're absolutely right because she's very quick to, okay, well, whatever, and blow it off. But she, and she doesn't realize how deep rooted some things are because I don't, I don't know if she met black people when she was younger. And I, and I don't. I'm trying to like whisper in that because that's a weird thing to say. But I almost think like talk your shit. Girl, I say it all the time. <laughs> I literally said on this podcast <laughs> that I feel like Crystal Kung Minkoff has only experienced racism on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and I, mean, I stand I wonder, on that. I wonder, you know what? That's a good that's a that's a good point. Because I genuinely stand on that. She said, Oh my gosh, I I need you to watch finish watching the season and go because she says some stuff where I feel like she's she wants to be the victim of racism and I don't know if she always is like with the whole Sutton thing <laughs> like it yes! it's so convoluted <laughs> oh it's so convoluted you, you <laughs> I think said she wants it better to be than I've ever have been that, able to platform yeah. You said it better than I've ever been able to articulate it. And I did a whole <laughs> open letter to Crystal on my podcast. Did you? That is, yes. Please go listen to that episode. I will, I will. send it to you. I did a full open letter to her. And I'll send you the one I did to Andy, too, which two days okay. later, he apologized to Garcelle. So I feel like you oh, might have awesome. heard. Um, <clears throat> but I... That is so perfectly worded the way you said. Like it's like she wants to be the victim of racism so bad. Mm-hmm. She wants to be the martyr for social mm-hmm. awareness and like that type of thing. And it's like, girl, ain't nobody like, ain't nobody racist you, girl. <laughs> ain't nobody racist you, girl. Like you yeah, ain't even got a microaggression. Like Crystal, hey, she ain't even got a microaggression. Like no shade. Like. And I feel like it just, I'll just sing you the episode because I've done enough talking about Crystal. I ain't got, (laughs) like, I don't, I have no more bandwidth for her. God bless her and her $95,000 purse that she's too frugal to buy in real life, but go off. (laughs) Yes, Um, I have to to listen to that. But it was just, it just, by the, by the reunion, it gets so convoluted. Even Andy's like, but you keep changing what the issue was. And yes. Nobody knows what it is because I think at the basis of it, there wasn't really anything there to know, or else she could say it. I don't think there was an issue either. And the whole reason <laughs> I did the open letter was because of the first part of the reunion. The first part of the reunion triggered me so bad. I couldn't even finish it. I just opened up my doggone podcast um, software, did a whole doggone episode, and then I went back and finished it. Luckily, there wasn't anything I needed to add. But. It was just, it just was a mess. Just a mess. <laughs> oh, yes, I have to listen to this, yes. <laughs> yeah, because the one I did to Andy was inspired by the second part of the reunion. Like, that Beverly Hills reunion just set me ablaze. I was so triggered oh. by that whole reunion, no shade. Me too. It was, it was, it was something else. I don't know. It was, it, just, was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was <Yeah>. wild. <laughs> like, wild is the word for it. It was yeah. wild. Did you watch Bravo before Housewives? Um, I, I mean, I guess because I, I always watch inside the actor studio. <laughs> it was, um, ah. it was like an that I was interested in. That's as, that's as into Bravo as I got. I would, you know, see a commercial. Oh, that's coming on. And I could go and watch that episode. So you realize that inside the actor studio is like part of the framework for this podcast, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I love, I love that show. Yeah. I, 
Inside the Actor Studio was like my favorite show growing up. Like I always watched it. It was like it was everything, and I just love the interview mm-hmm. format. I love getting to know people's personality, telling their stories in these really weird ways, and like yeah. telling their story through the through the through the context of like their career and like learning about who they are as people through their careers was just so fascinating to me. And so when I structured this podcast, I was like, I want to get to know content creators through their experiences with reality TV. And so, yeah, thank you. So like, I wanted to like get people to tell me their story through the reality TV they were watching. So like, it's just been really interesting. And like, I've had such amazing conversations on this podcast through that through that sort of medium and that sort of filter. But yeah, that show was totally one of the biggest inspirations for this podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a good show. I love I love the the interview process with that with that too. And just like getting into each each role and how the actor what they did to prepare for it or what they thought of the script and it's just, it's really cool behind you know yes. how they really get into it. It was so genius. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite Bravo show outside of the HCU? By HCU, I mean Housewives Cinematic Universe. Um, it would probably be Married to Medicine. Yes, my sister. <laughs> that show is so fun. It, it has never had a bad season to me. It has never let me down. Ever. The cast is fantastic. Even every time they change it, there's really, you know, we'll have like somebody who does one season or a friend of, it's kind of weak, but the core cast is just great. Yes. And like, they're just it's just they've never, nine seasons and they've never really had a bad right. season. Do you miss Mariah? I do. I kind of, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind her as a, as a friend. I wouldn't mind her as a friend either, cause my, cause I, cause there's a question that I have on my notes. Who's your favorite like reality TV duo? And for me, it's always gonna be Mariah and Quad. Yes, it's always they were so gonna great be Mariah that first and Quad. Miss <laughs> Quad, Miss Quad, she got it. She got it. That was her <laughs> I still say that to this day, nine me years too. later. Like I, like I, like I cannot say Quad's name without singing that song. It is everything to me. <laughs> But yeah, Married to Medicine is the underrated gem and Dr. Heavenly keeps screaming it from the from the mountaintops. They don't want Married to Medicine to really compete with Real Housewives of Atlanta, even though if anybody has been paying attention, Married to Medicine has been better than Real Housewives of Atlanta for at least the past three seasons. It has. It's become, for me, kind of the the replacement for, I. you know, I kind of think of it as the alternate Real Housewives of Atlanta. You know, it's not, you know, I think, because I think they are doing a, a better job. I thought that Bravo was getting it when they gave Married to Medicine Real Housewives of Atlanta's original time slot, because you know that, like, they usually come out in, in November, and then they push them back to the beginning of the year, and they okay. put Married to Medicine in, in November. So I was like, oh, they must understand what time it is down to mm-hmm. Married to Medicine. <laughs> oh, yeah, they still bullshitting, but it's all right. It's all right. Because <laughs> they're going to keep them on the air, because Dr. Jackie ain't going let, to let, let their ass go nowhere, honey. Dr. Jackie probably make Bravo so much damn money, they refuse to cancel Married to Medicine. I don't give a damn if the show does get bad. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they shouldn't. It's it's such a great show, and I love that because um, I was there probably like you from the beginning. But I love seeing mm-hmm. how many more people are just this season alone. Or like, I somebody told me I got to watch Marriage Medicine. I went back and I've watched all of it. I've just so many people that I follow and talk to all the time, finding out they're just now watching it and they love it. So, what you think they're trying to do with Carrie? I, okay, I don't, I don't know why I need to see her. Uh, every why season. is like, she there? <laughs> every season, I'm like, I, I know, I'm surprised that she's there. Like, it, it catches me off guard. It's like, I guess I shouldn't be caught off guard. She shows up, and some pops up like every season at some point. But I'm just like, why? Whose friend are you again? Like, why are you there? Who keeps bringing you in? What am I missing? Yeah, but I'd be like, but I'd be forgetting too. Like, I'd be like, whose friend are you? Like, why are you here? Like, who did you come with? And this <laughs> season, like, she didn't move without Toya. So I was like, oh, okay. So now they gonna make sure we know she came with Toya. So I guess we weren't the only people asking that question. Why the fuck is she here? Because I was like, listen, we get you were on season one. I get all that. But like, it would be like Deshaun Snow showing up to Real Housewives of Atlanta today. <laughs> it would. Be like, why are you here, ma'am? <laughs> Good to see right. you, but why are you here? <laughs> like I could have found you on Instagram, right? <laughs> right, and I don't listen. It makes sense that she's like in the periphery at the party, but they keep putting her in like scenes of like and um, you know, arguments and stuff. I was like, why is she just jumping in it or just sitting there? I don't know. It just it's just weird. I don't know. <laughs> she needs to be in there involved in any of the altercations. Now, in Carrie's defense, the one, now the one olive branch I will give her is when she called Heavenly's husband, Dr. Damon Daddy, that shit took me the absolute <laughs> fuck out. <laughs> Heavenly was like, you don't call, Heavenly said, you don't call him daddy. He's Dr. Damon to you. She said, right, Dr. Damon Daddy. I said, girl, yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. All the way out. I said, okay. But that was it, though. I was like, okay, now now you can go on now. Because I don't know what you're here for. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got your scene in. What you think Toya got going on? And do and how long you think Eugene going to put up with her shit? I... I go in every season trying to like Toya, and at the I I, I like <laughs> didn't say it like that, but at some point she just like hurts my brain. Like she says something Ooh. that either makes no sense, or I find myself thinking about it too hard, trying to understand what she's talking about, and then I feel dumber. And 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 I what if you have four child? Right, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. And just some, even some of her arguments with Eugene, I'm like, why are you just not listening to him? Like he's explaining no. it rationally, and then you're just ready to to just argue. It just it just doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And I don't like how she talks to him. And he's just so nice. He's and, so um, nice. Yeah. Eugene is so nice, and that man works so hard to pay so hard. all that debt that Toya is accumulating in all these damn houses. And that's, an, that's I, another frustration. She's spending, and I know I know they're married. I guess you gotta say it's their money, but I don't see Toya contributing too much outside of her check from the show. But she just just she because it's like their money doesn't color. mean that she gotta spend it like they ain't gonna never go broke. Right? She's yeah. She's spending it like I don't even I don't I don't even know that the Beverly Hills ladies throw that many parties and spend it like that. Like I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> 
And the crazy part is, you know, according to Dr. Heavenly, Dr. Heavenly said, you know, this ain't my opinion, Dr. Heavenly said that, you know, Toya is making a nasty piece of coin down to the mayor, to the medicine, to the Bravo, and that she's making more than Eugene at this point, right? And so, you know, nine seasons, the way that inflation works on Bravo, I would expect her to be making a nasty piece of coin at, at this point. Okay. So, but the problem is, if they based on the math that Heavenly set up <laughs> Toya is almost making twice what Eugene makes so why is she putting this man out on the plantation like a slave in the cotton field down to this hospital and working him so hard like she ain't got a pot to piss in oh, and she make more than that. him See, if you notice, she walk around here throwing money and especially this season bragging about she make more money than him and all this other shit. Ah, 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 ah. But this man is working 32 hours a day down to this hospital. Yeah. And he's, he said he's, he's vocalized he wants to change or wants to do something different. And I don't, uh, yeah, why Why can't he have that freedom to find that out if, that, if that's the situation then? If she's making that much money, like let him, you know, maybe try something different instead of doing all those overnight shifts in the ER. And I know he said he has changed up some stuff. I think he said on the reunion he is doing something different. But okay, so that that changes things because I didn't realize Toya was was um, making money like that. I, but I don't want her to end up in a Kim's Olsiak situation. Where Kim thank you. That's why I'm, I'm surprised she ain't bit. But listen. The way Audra pulled out all that paperwork with all them liens and stuff she had going on with that house, talking about why she sold her house for real, talking about she made a million dollar profit and she said, bitch, not with all these liens on that property. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, she broke it down. You had a million dollars worth of liens, not a million dollars worth of profit. I said, wait a goddamn minute, Audra. <laughs> how strategic, how strategic do you would how strategic do you think it was that Bravo cast a real estate attorney on a show where Toya continuously has questionable money decisions? Ooh, I never even thought of that. I never, I, I never even occurred to me. That is, I, oh, I hope it was strategic because that's really smart. Um, I had yeah. never heard of a real estate attorney until Audra came on Mary Smith. I had never heard oh, really? of a real estate attorney. Before. No, but like, I'm also not you know I, I, I'm also a minimalist so I'm not big into real estate like I do tiny homes you know not mansions so I probably wouldn't even you know need all of that but but I'm just saying so like I've never even thought about this before Audra bust down to the scene and said ma'am 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 <laughs> you and this math and your poor child <laughs> are not about to do this on this show no more for these people they done told me what what you done had going on and I'm tired of it too we need to just set the record straight you was out here frivolously living yeah, where is Quad I, with the damn jail package you get bring, bring Quad with the jail basket back with the noodles and the handcuffs <laughs> yeah okay so I had um I, I have to ask you this question because you right, might remember. I this ask is away. I got into um, on social media. When, wasn't was there a season that season that they had that big tax bill? 
I mm-hmm. know, I guess in the end, the tax bill wound up being maybe 150,000. But during the show, were they saying a million? Did Quad say a million or something? Or am I, I just can't... remembering it? Uh, no, because okay. no, Toya is the one who said it ended up being like $750,000. And then uh-huh. it cut to Quad saying, Bitch, how'd you end up with $750,000? Oh. <laughs> okay, then I was wrong because I said a million. I thought. I thought Quad said a million at one point, so I, and I didn't go back and check, so. Okay, then I no, was in the wrong. I remember that scene because of Quad's reaction, and I used to say that shit all the time. <laughs> I used to just say that to anybody for any reason. Like, it used to just be so, because I used to think that shit was so funny to me. Oh, funny. <laughs> but yeah, right before that, Toya was like, yeah, it ended up being like 750000 yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> Cause she showed up at Cause Quad was like, Y'all ain't been paying y'all tax. <laughs> you ask it like it was like, oh, you ain't paid the water bill this month? Like, hey, what that mean? <laughs> she said that like Toya ain't paid the babysitter. Like <laughs> right. <laughs> What were you exactly. about to say? I'm sorry. No, I was just thinking, because when Audra brought all that stuff up, I think Toya was was like, but she doesn't know what she's talking about. But it, I mean, it's public. I think liens and stuff are public record, right? So Audra could have pulled all that up. I don't think she was spouting, just spouting off numbers. I don't think a, an attorney would do that. So Audra think, pulled it up on her phone. Yeah, I think she knew the numbers she was she was saying. I don't see I don't see a real estate attorney just fabricating numbers at a party and doing that, knowing she could be liable for that stuff. So pretty sure she had the right, right info. And then on top of that, like how you gonna say she don't know what she talk about when she do that for a living? Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, she like, yeah, literally does that for a living. I love that's that. like saying you don't know what you're like... talking about when it comes to parenting and like you're a stay at home mom. That's all you right. do. <laughs> Anyway, um, God bless Toya. Yeah, and it, what she, she makes great TV. She does. He, she she does. I, now I never want her to go nowhere. No shade. Right. I don't never want Toya to go nowhere. Her nor her poor child. Right. Or her wife. <laughs> but do you think Quad bought too big of a damn house? I. I mean, I I love Quad. I would never want to tell her what to do. That house is huge for three people is it <laughs> it is her her mama and that grown-ass man mason <laughs> or no, yeah i mean I, I guess if she says she needs the space like i knew she was like oh well mason moved in i had to get you know we needed more room it's like okay you went from a, a townhouse maybe you do need more room i didn't know it needed to be fourteen thousand square feet of room maybe <laughs> like maybe like four thousand <laughs> yeah I was just like, cause girl, you had a four story townhouse. Like it was like, like regardless of what Toya may say, it was not no bullshit ass apartment. Right. Let's be very clear. It was not no bullshit ass apartment. She had a very lovely townhome. It was nicer than Kim's townhome. It was nicer than Marlo's townhome. Quad was out there laid out. She she had it, she had it. Okay. Mm -hmm. What? 
she can only be on one level at a damn time. How much room <laughs> does she like? What does she mean? Like, she can only be on one floor at a time. Like, we watched her climb four levels worth of stairs. Like, she could lose her dogs in that townhome. Yeah, it was. It was. It was crazy because I have to assume that townhome was was so big. I have to assume that townhome was at least almost four thousand square feet. I don't know. I it was probably plenty of room. But maybe she just didn't want the multiple levels. But I still don't know how we jumped from that to fourteen. Where the whole ten? What the extra ten thousand square feet did, did you need? You so. just went from walking upstairs to walking across, across. a damn compound. <laughs> right. <laughs> like now you got to walk across a football field instead of walking upstairs. <laughs> like I just I don't understand, girl. What? God bless squad. Spend your money however you want to, girl. That ain't right. my damn business. That's that's what now, I was like. That's what she wants to do. Why you think Anila don't want to raise her own damn children? <laughs> I don't. I I don't think Anila. I mean, maybe not everybody's cut cut out to be a mom. Even if you give birth, maybe it's just not everybody's thing. I guess to be a mommy. I was. I I don't have any kids. But I was told that like something kicks in after you give birth, and it's just it just happens. But maybe it just didn't for her because she really doesn't want to put any extra time or effort or rearrange her schedule at all to add in time for the kids to be raised. Like she really does not. I, Cause I just don't understand. Do you think the whole Miss Gomez thing was a storyline? Do you think that was fake? Do you, do you think they just sent her on vacation for a few months and was like, come back in a couple months. We were just gonna send you home for a little bit so you can rest <laughs> while I we bullshit and earn this change. I didn't at first, and then I saw the people saying that. I was like, yeah, it is weird that all of a sudden she wants to like be, she's like, I'm getting older, I wanna be closer to her family. And then like, what, a month or two later, she's like, all right, that was enough of my family. Like, I don't, I'm tired of y'all, I'm Yeah, so let me go take care of this other family. Like, it doesn't even make sense. I think she was just on that, vacation. That was weird, like, and then, cause it was like, dude, they offered her a raise be before she left. So I was mm -hmm. like, her coming back and saying that oh we gave her a raise it was like well bitch you offered her the raise when she left right. and she still left <laughs> right. like you begged that woman and she was like girl i'm leaving i don't know what the hell you think this is i'm not late like you couldn't pay me to stay here to raise your chair and fix pinto bean no no right. shade <laughs> i love the pinto bean <laughs> line i did like that <laughs> that was the cutest shit to me she was it like was so it, cute. <laughs> that baby was like who's gonna fix me pinto bean i said oh <laughs> that's a shame I know, because Anila just kept giving him frozen pizzas or something. Like, I don't think I've ever ever saw her put anything down other than pizza. I didn't, I didn't see any veggies going like, on. I was like, <laughs> ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> I, listen, I, listen, I'm not going to say that Anila is lazy. But what I am going to say is that I produce six podcasts, okay? <laughs> Same. One of which releases episodes five days a week. And I still have time to raise my eight-year-old daughter. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's, yeah, exactly. It, it's just a matter of scheduling. You can make time. She doesn't want to. It's the, with her, she just doesn't want to. She doesn't want to clean up behind them. She doesn't want to, she doesn't want to do it. She just don't want to damn 
do it. That's really all it is. Like, and I'm like, girl, listen, if Miss Gomez want to sit around and fix pencil beans and watch your bad ass children, then that's her, then that's her prerogative. God bless her. <laughs> Maybe her children are just annoying as hell. I don't know. I, her children seem very sweet. I just don't think, I don't know. Because it doesn't seem like Emila's all that busy. How long does it take to do, to unpack some boxes with the fashions and then post them on your Instagram? Like, don't, aren't That's the kids in school saying. can't do that while they're in class or something? Now, listen, there's a question that I want to ask you because you made up, you just brought up a very specific point. You said that how long does it take to unpack boxes and post the fashions, right? Mm-hmm. Go back on her Instagram. When did you ever see her blog one piece of that $500,000 <laughs> worth of damn furniture? I, she didn't I blog a lamp. Did she, she didn't blog an end table. She didn't blog a rug. She didn't blog a screw, a screwdriver. She didn't blog a couch, <laughs> a pillow, a blanket, an afghan. There was no furniture. Really? Blog. I went back and looked. Yeah, and that what she said the whole house was furnished. She's like, I did all this through blogging. Didn't, didn't yeah, she that? said, I got $500,000 worth of furniture from blogging. And I was like, red flag. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, Tex. Wait, wait a minute. Cause I never heard of your ass before you came on this right. motherfucking show. <laughs> right. She acting like she was. She acting like she can this bush nail down to the motherfucking married and Medicine. Mm-hmm. She acting like she Carol Radswell. At least when Carol Radswell came on Roni, I knew who she was. Right. Exactly. I knew who Kara was. Now, I don't know what that says about me, but I knew who Kara was. <laughs> I didn't know nothing about no damn Anima. And even after she done came on the show, I still don't hear nothing about no damn Anila. I don't know nothing about no... I don't know. What is the name of Anila's blog? I don't... You know, I don't know because I don't even follow her on Instagram, but nothing... Nothing... You know, sometimes stuff will just pop up on your feed. I haven't seen anything mm-hmm. from Anila. Let's just move on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's your favorite non-Bravo reality show? Um, non-Bravo reality show. That would probably be. Um, <laughs> it's gonna sound silly, but it's I. I think it might be the MTV's The Challenge, and it was just like two years ago. Work. My boyfriend got <laughs> into. Him. He's like, you gotta watch this one season of the challenge. I was like, what is this mess? Because I never, I didn't watch Real World. I didn't watch uh, Road Rules. He's like, just, just watch this one season because it's really, it's crazy. And then I went back and watched like, I, I swear, fifteen seasons in a row. I was like, I can't stop watching, and it's become my sport because yep. I don't watch sports. <laughs> so it's now the thing I cheer for. I probably would have a more empathetic approach to Housewives if I had never seen Road Rules before. Because I, road rules, like, I always ask people at the beginning of interviews, when did you fall in love with reality TV, right? Mm -hmm. If somebody ever asked me that, my answer would be road rules. Oh, okay. Absolutely road rules. Like, I have never been more obsessed with a television show. Like, now, the smart is a close second. It was just the competition. It was the travel aspect. I... Consider myself to be a gypsy, so them going just all over the country, driving yeah. all over the place, like just being in a van and just, or like being in this bus and just driving all over the place and competing in all these challenges and being really physical and being on television. And it was just 
all of that together. I wanted to just listen. I'm still waiting for them to reboot Road Rules today. And I will audition today. I am 31 years old and I will audition for Road Rules today. Oh, I love it. I swear. Yes, I still love that show. (laughs) But, so I get you. Like, I completely, like, I'm I'm with you. Thank, shout out to your boyfriend because he did a good (laughs) thing. Yeah, well, I got him into Below Deck. So that was our trade-off. He's like, I'm going to watch one of yours. So you got to watch one of mine. So I was like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice very nice very nice what's your favorite type of reality show um hmm. you know I don't I don't love the dating ones as much I, and I watch Bachelor occasionally um they're usually not my favorites it's probably honestly it's probably similar to whatever similar to like a housewives or like a Vanderpump Rules or just kind of a group of people in one situation or setting or you know they work together their group of friends whatever that is um and yeah I think I like those yeah very neat do you want to play a game with me sure Okay, I create. You've heard of the game called This or That, right? Uh, mate, I think so. Well, basically, what it is is I give you two options, and you can get with this, or you can get with that, right? Okay. <laughs> and the way that I like to explain it is, you've heard of America's Next Top Model, right? Mm-hmm. You're Tyra Banks. This okay. is your final two. You have one contract in your hand. And the housewife who you call goes on to have another season and the next one falls into Twitter obscurity. Okay. Ready? Yep. Drew or Sanya? Drew. Kenya or Marlo? Kenya. Kyle or LVP? I want LVP back. Monique or Candace? Candace. Jill or Bethany? Oh man, for the longest it would have been Bethany, but she's doing a lot right now. Um, oh, um, we're gonna talk about that. Okay. Are <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm for the dynamics? I'm gonna say Bethany still. Okay. Gretchen or Alexis? Alexis. Phaedra or Candy? I love <laughs> <laughs> That's the hardest one. Which I is- love Candy Listen. and I want to be friends with her in real life because I think she's so cool. But Phaedra on that show cracked was so good <laughs> and just cracked me up all the time. I kind of want Phaedra back. Even on the Ultimate Girls trip, she was great. Guys, we're on Phaedra. Zoom right now. The way she almost blurted Phaedra out and hesitated. Just <laughs> it knocked the wind out of me. That was so funny to me. I'm sorry because I adore Candy. Like I really love her. I think we'd be friends in real life. I love her, but there's something about Phaedra on that show. She's amazing television, but yeah, I just would never trust her anywhere near me, child. But God bless her. Oh yeah, no, I wouldn't want to be friends with Phaedra, but I. <laughs> Vicky or Tamara. Uh, Vicky. Kelly or Heather? Kelly Dodds, what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Kelly. Gina or Emily? Oh, Emily. Cynthia or Portia? Portia. Brandy or Denise? Brandy. Camille or Rena? Camille. Crystal or Teddy? Crystal. Sutton or Erica? Sutton. 818 Casa de Sol or Vita Tequila? <laughs> I've heard Vita is very good, so I'm going to go with Vita. If you can find it, Joe. Right? <laughs> From what I hear, people have a heart. The rumors are it's good, child, but the rumors <laughs> also are is that Lisa Barlow doing favors to get it in the crow. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out That's what the true. hell going on and why we can't find no damn Vita Tequila. <laughs> Seem like Barlow needs some new favors, but that ain't my business. <laughs> why do you think the Bravo fandom is seemingly the most toxic in reality TV? And like most specifically, the fandom of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? I think because um, there's something that happens, especially with Beverly Hills, that uh, people pick their favorites and they are not willing to waver. They will excuse. <laughs> they will excuse anything. I mean, like the Rena and Erica stands, they are, you're not going to change them for the world. You can have a mountain of evidence. You can have videotape showing something Rena did. Someone Literal videotape. And they will still be like, well, that's not the whole story. I mean, like they will, they really won't. <laughs> They're not going to budge on it. So, <laughs> you know? Everybody else, I feel like other shows you can you, you switch on and off. Like maybe one year you like Monique, then one year you like Candace, or you know you can flip flop. Or just, they yeah. are not moving from Rena and Erica. They love them. They just want them. Do you think it has anything to do with the fact that like Beverly Hills is kind of built off of established celebrities, and so I do. like it kind of yeah. compounds this level of standom on top of just these housewives. Now they're like housewives who are also celebrities and it's like mm -hmm. a bigger thing. I do, I do think that's part of it. And I think that's really part of the, the Rena love because I too uh, grew up watching her on Days of Our Lives and I thought she was the greatest mm -hmm. Billy. I was a fan, but you know, I liked, I think I liked the character of Billy. I didn't know Lisa Renna until we got to Real Housewives. So, right. you know, but I, I get it. Like when it's one of your favorites, especially especially with the soap opera. I mean, that was on your TV every day. Like you felt like you knew those people. So I totally know what it's like to grow up on soap operas. Yeah. How do you think content creators can contribute to the maturity of the fan base experience on social media? And do you think we even have that responsibility? Hmm. I'm not sure how, I mean, I guess, I guess we could con contribute um, to the maturity by, you know, making sure we're mature ourselves. And I've seen, you know, a lot of people, even when they put an opinion, they don't, um, and I've seen some kind of creators do this, they don't let people get really ugly in their comments, you know, when it starts mm -hmm. becoming like personal attacks, so physical attacks, um, stuff like that, which, which I think is a good thing. Do I think it's necessarily our responsibility? No. Not, not really. I mean, you have to assume everyone's, especially my favorite platform is Twitter. You know, mm -hmm. 
God Mine was too until they kicked me off. <laughs> Fuck Elon. Oh no. Well, it, it, we might all get kicked off in a couple days at the rate it's going. So. Well, I feel um, like I got kicked off right in time. Like they kicked me yeah. off right before it went to shit. So I was like, "Who, child? I dodged a bullet." Apparently. <laughs> It got bad, so now I'm using Instagram more, but I I, I point to Twitter because it's probably the most toxic, and it's just, it's harder to, hardest to police what what people say, and then part of it is, um, as far as, like, is it our responsibility, I'm one of those people, I'd rather know how you truly feel than it just being fake, and I think that's, this is probably another reason where I get my whole, um, unfortunate Ramona apologist thing. It's like, I'd rather just know that she's terrible and she really thinks this way. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't, hide, don't hide your racism or bigotry or whatever. If this is if this is who you are, I'd rather just know, you know? Yeah, there's something that I used to say in my YouTube videos all the time because I used to really focus on, you know, pointing out social awareness problems and like things like this within pop culture specifically, right? So I mm -hmm. used to say this thing on my YouTube channel all the time. It's, I like my racist racist, right? Like, mm -hmm. I like to know that my racists are racist. Wear the MAGA hat. Put the Trump flag in your yard. Put the bumper sticker on your car. So I know exactly who the fuck you are. So I mm -hmm. just know to avoid your ass, period. Mm -hmm. Like, don't, like, because I, I would, like, I'm going to come into the room and be pro-black, I'm blackity black and I'm black, y'all. Like, I'm not, like, I'm never not gonna walk into the room and be Kathleen Cleaver the house down. So, I would appreciate that reciprocated. Do I like to see it? No. But do I appreciate the honesty? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's, I think that's how I feel. Because at least you know where you stand. I'm a little more nervous about the people who do, like, do the little micro things. Like, was that something I should read into? No, was it, you know, where you're just not sure. You're, yeah. Your footing. Don't be covert with me, honey. Call me the mm -hmm. N-word in my face, child. Yeah, I would rather you just go ahead and say it. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. say what you need to say, honey, so we can get this thing over with. Because I don't, <laughs> I don't... But you said you don't have children. But if you did, how would you let them work for Lisa Vanderpump? Yeah, I think I don't. Yeah, I think I think so. I you sure? Because that hesitation was real I, strong. <laughs> what do I? What do I not know? I might not know something. There might be some news that I'm just not aware of. It's just a question that I ask because there's a series of questions that I ask because this is going to go down a rabbit hole. And people tend to answer these questions very similarly until, well, 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 the answers tend to jump around until they get to the last question in this set of questions. And then it's like everybody has the exact same opinion. So I always just love to see how it's going to go. Okay. Because I ask people how would they feel about their children working for Lisa Vanderpump and then they give their opinion. And then I say, oh, okay, cool, that, that, that's great. So say your kid's been working at Pump for a year and a half and then they come to you and they're like, hey mom, I've been working at Pump for a year and a half. You know, it's been great, I've been having a ball. You know, they love me over there, it's been fabulous. Bravo came to me and they want me to test for Vanderpump rules. How do you feel about that? What's your response? Ooh. Um, <laughs> I I would say um, 
okay, if my <laughs> child was really interested in being on TV, being on reality TV, I, I wouldn't discourage it, but I'd be like, uh, so you've seen all the seasons, right? Do you know what you're getting, <laughs> what you're getting into, and how you mm-hmm. might look, and are you are you okay with that, or do you are you gonna be like a, do you think you'd be a main cast, or just like hanging around at the parties from time to time, ancillary, like where do you, you know? I think I would just ask questions because I wouldn't want to discourage. You know, I was a person who, you know parents incur you know were stood by when she wanted to move out to Hollywood and work in TV you know I don't know if it's a lot of parents first choice but they they supported it so I would like to think I would that's my favorite answer I've ever gotten to that question was (laughs) I would ask questions that's my favorite answer because a lot of people are like very like oh absolutely not nope Mm -mm. nope nope I'm not encouraging nope then like some are like absolutely when am I gonna meet Lily we like, when am I going to be Vanderpump? When am I going out there? When do I try the rosé? When are we going? Like, when do you need me on film? What do I wear? <laughs> like, it's like, okay, okay. And you're like, I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know we're all on the same page with what we're getting into. Yeah. That is my answer, too. And, like, for me, I would have a lot of questions. I'd be like, what are your goals? What do you want to get out of this? What are, what are you expecting to get out of this? And then mm-hmm. I would sit my child down, especially because not only is, or or not only would my daughter be a black woman, but she'd be a dark skinned mm-hmm. black woman. So I would sit her down and show her Faith Sour season. Yeah, yeah. And that's, remind that's her how that turned out for her. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, have you seen all of it? And you know what this could be like? Like, yeah. Like, you know what happened to Faith Sour, don't you? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Now, that all leads me to this question. Say your child been on Vanderpump Rules for two seasons, right? Say they're a hit, they're a star. It, it all worked out. It all worked out. It, they dethroned Lala. They're the baddest bitch on the show. Everybody <laughs> lives for them. The fans are loving them. They're a star. And they call your phone and say, hey, mom, since we're recording this around Thanksgiving, I'm coming home for Thanksgiving and I'm bringing my new boyfriend. Okay. Okay. They show up to your door. You open the door. Hey, baby, what the hell? She walks in the house and she introduces her new boyfriend, and James Kennedy walks into your house. <laughs> I knew it was going to be James. I do all that build up just so I can let you think about where this is going the whole time. Like, I. I purposely build that question up for an hour and a half just to see what you're going to be thinking. James Kennedy walks into your house. Mm-hmm. How do oh, you feel? Man. Okay, so I... Oh, man. This I have is more questions, I, apparently. I love James Kennedy. I okay. <laughs> for, for reasons that no one should love James Kennedy. I just think... <laughs> When James is bad, it's so good. Like, it is, it is just some of the best TV. Now, do I want him in my house? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know that, that I need to be friends with him or would be in him in my house. But the thing is, he might be a good guy when he's sober. and Because he actually doesn't seem too bad when he's not, you know, amped up on whatever it is. Like, they say alcohol, but who knows. But, um, pasta. Pasta, right? <laughs> but... It, but 
James, much I guess much like my reaction with Phaedra, just they make good TV and I I just love him on my TV. So I don't know, but I, you know, I would definitely have to have a talk with my daughter. Like this is one of the most toxic people you're ever going to meet in your life. I, you know, that would, that would be, that would be a tough one. But I do, I do have a soft spot for James on that show. I would automatically think about what examples did I show my kid? Like what? Like it's like that question of like, where did I go wrong? Like, well, like what how happened? did we get here? <laughs> yeah, like how did we get here? What happened? Like what, like where did I, li- like, like did I play too much Guns N' Roses? Like what, like, like what, did, like what happened? Like, was it the Slash posters? Like, what <laughs> happened? Like, where did we go wrong here? That's the best like, answer, was, actually. Like, <laughs> like, 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 what, like, well, like, was it the Aerosmith tattoo? Like, where did, how did we get here? Because it has nothing to do with race. If, if you brought home I'm a white boy, great. I, I, I care, zero fuck. Bring home anybody. Mm-hmm. Bring home somebody. Bring home a Namek if you want to. Bring home Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z if you want to. Sure. <laughs> as long as they're not an asshole and they treat you well. But this yeah. specific person, James Kennedy, it would make me wonder how we got here. How how did you how did you get white Kanye to my house? <laughs> Yeah. Question. Like, I have yeah. a question. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, how did you even become friendly with this person? Like, what, what, what happened? Where what was the dynamic there? Like, did I let you watch too much television? Like, what is going <laughs> on? Like, did you listen to my podcast growing up? Like, what happened here? Like, what's going on? Now, if you had the opportunity to create your own show, Right. Okay. Would you do a show that would be focused on your family, or would you do a show that would be focused on your friend group? Uh, probably my family. Tell me why. I have um, my extended family <laughs> on my mother's side is very interesting, and I, I've been I've been told it's very entertaining. But um, there it's 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 a mess. It's very messy. <laughs> There's a. Um, just because I'm talking about it, I won't like give the name of the place. But there's like a family grocery sure. store that that we own um, in Arkansas. I'll go ahead and say that it is there. But um, it's the very um, they're they're very loud. I say Arkansas, obviously, then you know, like with accents and everything, they're loud and eccentric, and they're just very they're they're highly entertaining. But it's just it's it's messy. Like yeah, I yeah, I think it would definitely have to be the family. Now, I love the way that you answer this because you kind of rope the show around like a workplace dynamic as well, being in the grocery mm-hmm. store and it being a family dynamic. How do you mm-hmm. feel about Candy and the Gang being canceled? I'm mad about it because I liked that show. I thought I liked a lot of people on that show. I was I'm sad to hear that. Pissed. Yeah, I really wanted another season. Why do you think they won't give Candy two seasons of shit? I, you know what? I wonder that because okay, so wait, didn't we get we got like two weirder seasons of her vacationing, which I think Candy and the Gang is better than those. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't 
think they're they can't be flopping that hard because they keep giving her an, a new show anytime she pitches something just about she keeps saying that her spinoffs have been the highest rated of any housewife right. spinoff and so i'm like well why don't they ever give you a second season because i wanted mm-hmm. to be on season two of the candy factory i'm not saying i would have went and filed an application down to the blaze or nothing but Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i would have wanted to be on candy factory i would have loved to be on to be a guest on candy coated night like Mm -hmm. why did these shows not have season two i wanted that too and i really thought candy and the gang was it i thought it had the most promise because it was already like a show you already have yeah, um, just just a black version of it, and then we now have it with Levis show starting next week. So I thought I thought Candy and the Gang was the sweet spot, and we I really was shocked that we did not get a second uh, second season when I heard that the other day. Do you think they canceled Candy and the Gang for Southern Hospitality? Oh, I hope not. I was hoping there was just room for all of them. You, you would know? think so, right? Because mm-hmm. Southern Hospitality looks so much like Vanderpump Rules, just, just from the trailer, from what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like it's just going to be that. Where I felt like Candy and the Gang kind of had a different flavor because it was involving family, you know, and mm-hmm. not just just um, employees. And we knew we knew some of them already. So I, yeah. I, I, I like that. And I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely going to watch Southern Hospitality, but I feel like it's going to mirror the beginning of um, the first few seasons of Vanderpump Rules a lot, which isn't a bad thing. Those first few seasons are great. We're great. Yeah, they were the best. We loved mm-hmm. seeing them broke in a damn fool. Yeah, before they became adults and bought houses, it was great. Yeah, before they went and bought the same McMansion everywhere. Right. If you could <laughs> join a franchise of Housewives, would, would you join a franchise that already exists or would you create a new franchise? Ooh, I'd probably join one that already exists. Where are you going? Hmm. I would like. I mean, had they had they kept it the same, I think I would have wanted to go to New York. Hmm. The same as last season. Either last season or season before. I liked Ebony. I know a lot of people didn't, but um, but I liked her. But those of all, that's always been my my all time favorite housewife show. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I had a, a soft spot for them. And my, you know, favorite housewife is on that show. So I, I probably wouldn't have been that or Atlanta. Those are my two favorites. Hey, so what do you think about the new cast of Roni? And how do you feel about the exit of Lizzie McGuire Savetsky? I, I don't know what this new cast is going to be. I mean, I don't know any of them. I think a lot of them weren't a lot of them like influencers, and that's how a lot of people knew them. And then they had the head of J. Crew. Am I saying that right? I think that mm-hmm. was. Um, I did not know much about Lizzie. I saw, I see a lot of people talking about it, and they're like, "Good riddance." I don't. I didn't know anything about her, her stance on anything, or why everybody's mad. I, I, I mean, I'm <laughs> gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. I think it's interesting. I, the only thing I was iffy about is the age group. I like my housewives older. I think. I don't know. I like that 40 plus age group that everybody has, and I think all these people were in their 30s. With the exception of the um, one lady in her fifties from J. Crew, so I, you know, I'm interested to see how it's going to work. But of course, I'm more looking forward to where are we going to? When do we get the legacy cast? Who's going to be on it? Do we get Dorinda back? You know, what's going to happen with that? So, 
Do you think we're actually going to get the legacy show? I, I'm starting to think we're not. I'm really, <laughs> I'm very concerned about it. Because <laughs> if you ask Luann, you ask her on the right day, she don't know what the fuck going on. She's like, right. I don't know. Like, she's like, I, they said they doing it, and I don't know right. what's going on, but we not doing nothing. They not filming nothing. And you know, the reboot got a season 12 already. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, they don't, nobody has contracts yet, so it's making me nervous. So I at least wanted to know, like, here, the contracts have been sent out, the cast has been solidified. And then I would feel better, even if it took another year to film. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get a legacy cast, or are they just going to take the legacy cast and just send them on a vacation? Is that what we're going to get? Just another girl's trip? I don't know. What if they did Wow, I never thought about that. What if they took a whole season of Girls Trip just to bring the legacy cast together, which would be stupid to do. That mm-hmm. would be a waste of a season because it's like we already know that the legacy is coming. Like we are like y'all mm-hmm. have already announced it. So why do we need this girls trip to bring them together? We know these bitches. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I hope that's not I hope they don't do it. I hope it's just a full season and and legacy wasn't just some like cover for a short, you know, girls trip or winter house ish type situation, you know. But we'll have to see. But I, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested in the. I'm interested in the new cast. I'm gonna give them a shot. I know a lot of people don't, don't want anything to do with it, um, but I'm gonna give them a shot. If you could work on a franchise of any reality show, what show would it be, and would you want to produce? cast or edit the show I would with any reality show I would probably want to just so I could like work and learn and learn how he does and the magic I would want to work for Carlos King whatever he's doing at the time I just kind of want to learn because he's just behind so many great seasons of like Jersey and Atlanta of just I just kind of want to learn the magic and um, and I guess since I've done posts before, I would probably want to do more production or wherever you could, you know, be close to him and learn. Very nice. So being that you would love to work with him and especially in the in the production realm, do you have any thoughts about his whole situation with Candy and the Escape Life story? Okay, what is what is that? I don't know. I don't know the situation. Brief, briefly. So allegedly, well, this is an alleged. Candy actually did go on YouTube and say this. Candy went on the House of Aaron YouTube channel. Shout out to House of Aaron. She went on his channel and she basically detailed from her perspective how Carlos King attempted to steal the escape life story and he sold it to, uh, now this part is alleged. He allegedly sold the rights to the life story of Escape to TV One for a biopic because they were doing these unsung biopics based on people who they had already done the episodes of Unsung on, right? Okay. And so the rumor is, is that he took their life story because he was close to them. He was producing on Atlanta. He had produced one of Candy's spinoffs and all of that type of stuff. He was close to that family. It was alleged by her that he tried that that he had a deal with TV One to do this um, biopic, and that he was trying to um, subversively, like like co- like covertly, 
get information and do interviews with like Candy and her mom and say that it was about a different project when it was really to develop this project. Oh, I didn't know that. And so, so was Candy trying to do her own project and that was the issue? Or they were supposed to work together and he was just kind of doing his own thing? That's how she found out that all of this was happening was because she had brought the idea to a couple of people at production and was like talking about possibly doing an escape biopic. And then when she went to TV One or um, she had went to somebody she had went to a producer or somebody, I can't remember who she said it was, but she didn't give a name. But she was like, they told her that that was already happening, that somebody was already doing an escape biopic. And so she got her lawyers and her team into it and they found out that TV One was already like in production of an escape biopic. Uh-oh. And the reason why like they didn't know, of, know about it is because here in America, it's crazy as fuck, but like it's legal for you to like create books and stuff like that but like you know that you've worked in production like you like 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 you can do all of this stuff on like public figures yeah without sign off um, from them yeah wow. right okay. that is messy I didn't know I didn't know that was happening and you know I'm I'm team candy so I don't know and you know it's crazy because you know Carlos King has his own podcast reality with the king mm-hmm. he does great interviews over there I'll give credit where it's due but he has not said anything about these allegations. Oh, really? Nothing. Nothing about these allegations. And he does a podcast once, twice a week, I think. And Mm. nothing, right? So I just, I just, I, I wonder why. Like, he's done emergency episodes for less. Well, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure out what is going on over there, but that seems very, very sneaky and shady. So I don't know. Yeah, as Cardi B would say, that's weird. Yeah, that's suspicious. <laughs> it is. <sighs> My last question to you is: What's the biggest lesson you've learned from reality TV? I think. The biggest lesson is probably uh, I would I would think if I if I was someone who wanted to be on reality TV, I think the biggest lesson I would learn going into it uh, mm-hmm. would be that you're never going to come off the way you think you are. Like it's mm-hmm. not whatever you think you're doing. Don't expect for the audience to see it that way or for the end result when it's edited to be that way. So, you know, if you thought that you were the hero of the season and you, you know, you exposed all this stuff, don't think that that's how you're actually coming off. Because I and I, I believe that was Camille Grammer's biggest mistake her first season. I think she really thought she was the fan favorite and she was just, you know, people were going to love her. And it just, yeah, it did not read that way. So I would just say, you know, be yourself. Don't try to, you know, create a character because it's not going to go the way you think it is. Wise words. Wise words. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me on the pod today. Do you have any final words? Thank you. Um, (laughs) No, I don't know. I mean, I guess listeners follow follow me on at Bravo Lip Quotes on Twitter while we have Twitter or on um, Instagram. 
that was gonna be my next thing. Tell the people where they can find you. Let them know where to find you. Your qu- in fact, I have a final question. This is in fact. Let me go back. Out of all of the quotes that you've posted so far, what's your favorite Bravo Lab quote? I think of the ones I posted. Um, it's the Karen Huger where she said, "I did not sit up here and get vaccinated." To be, so I could uh, sit around with you heifers. Something like that. I don't know the exact quote, but I remember she said, vaccinated to sit around with you heifers. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank Make you. sure you guys go and subscribe to Bravo Lev Quotes. The content is amazing. As you've heard here, the conversation is incredible as well. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I loved it. Of course. You enjoy the rest (laughs) of your night, and we shall talk soon. You too. Thank you. See you later, love. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody, that was my conversation with Bravo Leb Quotes. I hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And I hope that you rush right on over to Instagram and follow Bravo Leb Quotes and like all of her content because she has some of the best quotes that I've seen from the entire fan base. And she's has some heart pulling ones and some thought provoking ones as well. So make sure you lock into her content and tell her that I sent you. I hope that you took something important from this conversation, especially from our discussion about being people of color and how we approach the fan base and how we feel the network and the production companies are treating not only its reality stars of color, but how it's ultimately scooting over its awareness of its audience of color. And how we feel that they need to be more tapped into to the diversity of the people who watch the show just as much as they try to portray them being tapped into the diversity of the people that they put on our screens. So with that being said, I'm going to head out of here. Make sure you guys follow me at Sean Ellis Rogers and hit the link in my bio to find all of the podcasts that I'm doing. And if you want to go to the hub for all the shows, go over to Talent Group podcasts on instagram follow that show and that's where you'll get a hub for all the poll all the shows all the polls all things talent group and all things my shows so until next time make sure you guys be real stay in reality and always bring the realness i love every single one of you from the bottom of my green heart emoji i am sean ellis rogers this has been real reality realness and until next time love you bye peace